1: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Atlantic Files brought to you by Basketball Society Online.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, you are joined by your two hosts, myself, Alex Fishbein, my co host, Mike Bash. And of course, we come to you today with some more finals, uh, talk, analysis and predictions and as well as a big day big week big everything for brooklyn so far so obviously i know mike is going to have a lot to talk about there so without further ado let's first off start with the finals what are your thoughts so far mike the raptors are up two to one
0: yeah uh nobody nobody in their right mind saw that coming i did think the Toronto would defend home court and win one of those two games, but be up two one. But you know what the thing is? It's all these injuries. No, you know we thought KD would be back, and then Clay went down. Boogie doesn't really—I mean, he came back, but he doesn't really look the same. Curry's—he's fat. He's healthy as far as we know, and Draymond's right. fine. But it, it's—you know—I just think the injuries are catching up to. Uh, Golden State, I think uh, Kevin Durant has a more serious injury
1: than a calf strain. Oh, yeah. I, I think – His timeline keeps getting pushed back.
0: Yeah. I, I almost feel like it's an Achilles injury, but they don't want to say that because Could they be. say that with free agency coming up, it, it kind of screws him. Not that nobody's going to pay him, but, you know, if you're like, hey, he has a torn Achilles, he's out for 12 months, it's like, all right, well, that's another season just ruined. So, um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm speculating there,
1: but right, right.
0: you know, can, can a team of just Curry, Draymond and Andre Iguodala still beat the Raptors? I don't know. Um, but I will say your boy, Pascal Siakam has kind of been the X factor here In the two games that he's played really well, the, the, the Raptors have won and the one game that he struggled, the Raptors have lost. So The Toronto Raptors clearly are beating to the Pascal Siakam drum.
1: Yes, and when my Pascal Siakam finals MVP prediction looked silly, it now looks a little different. Just want to point that out. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, this is the, finally the one time Golden State has to endure some some injuries. Like it, it's been years now that it's been like, oh, Golden State's just one injury away from being like that, you know that that beatable team. They're just one injury away, one injury away, and almost every season, everyone managed to stay healthy. Uh, all the way through the finals, but this time around is when the injury bug is striking and you lost Clay from the last game. KD's been out, like you said, um, Boogie has only looked right about one of these three games. Um, and it's, it's definitely been a struggle. I mean, we watched Steph try to play in a finals without surrounding all-stars like yes um Draymond was an all-star uh Iguodala was an all-star at one point as well however like he doesn't have his normal team that that takes off all the pressure he doesn't have uh the other best shooter in the league right next to him he doesn't have the best scorer in the league right next to him so all the heat is on him they're allowed that I mean They can throw a lot more double teams. They can throw a lot more crazy looks at Steph. Um, However, I do have to give it up to Steph. He still played his ass off in that game three. Still came away with 47 points, but Golden State came up short. So I think that um, if they are going to win this series with all the injuries they have and say Kevin Durant does not come back, I think that... Steph has stepped it up, but now the rest of those supporting cast has to step up. Otherwise, Toronto's going to take this.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's shocking. I mean, Marcus Hall's played well. Kawhi Leonard's had, uh, you know, he's had kind of like an up and down series. He's, I know he had a 30 point game, but then game one, he kind of wasn't himself. Uh, game three, he was better. Uh, Van Vliet has carried his success into the NBA Finals. Kyle Lowry has played fine. Uh, Danny Green has stepped up, you know, his, his shooting which is it, it's like Danny Green is just made for the NBA finals. Like oh, yeah. you can you can put him in like an incubator for 82 games of a regular season and just call him up on the NBA finals and he'll play well. Um you know, uh it's it, it's good to see um you know the Warriors face adversity adversity after, you know, the in the preseason everyone's like oh the Warriors just going to walk to an NBA championship and and you hate to see it be because of injuries, but at least it makes for a more entertaining finals. Um, right. I, I think, if, you know, if Clay comes back for game four, then I give the Warriors a chance to win game four and, you know, maybe go on a run and win game four, five, and six and take it. Uh, but if right. Clay doesn't come back, it's going to be very hard. I just don't think the Golden State Warriors have enough shooting to open up the defense of, of the Raptors. And Kawhi Leonard's, you know is on the same level as Steph Curry of of type of player that they are. So you negate that kind of star power, it it becomes a battle of role players, and Draymond Green doesn't overcome all of the the good role players that uh, the Toronto Raptors have.
1: Right, and I mean, the one thing that has been, uh, like you said, a huge X factor, Pascal Siakam has been going straight at Draymond. Like, there has been many times where... Pascal Siakam is in the post on offense just taking the ball straight at Draymond just going right at him which we've seen most of the time that Draymond can hold his own down there no matter what size of player he's going against we've seen him go against big time centers and still be able to to really hold them like he has proven time and time again why he's one of the best defensive players there are in the league but Pascal Siakam has not backed down has continued to go at him and at him and at him and has come up with two huge games because of it. Um, and if you like, if, if Toronto still has these guys that aren't supposed to be doing that kind of thing, the, the guys that, you know, really are supposed to only give you, you know, 10 points a game, nine points a game, all of a sudden they're giving you 18, 19, 20, then that's the recipe for success right there for Toronto. Um, especially like like you said Lowry hasn't been playing that bad I mean he stepped up in the last game that's a guy that we've always expected who's going to just disappear in the playoffs yet here he is stepping it up big time even got the Warriors co-owner banned now (laughs) yeah that was crazy
0: and I saw that I didn't I I didn't know at first it was the Warriors co-owner or investor or whatever they're calling him right but you're a guy of that kind of, you know, stature and that kind of importance to the Warriors that, well, what are you doing? Like, I would understand if Kyle Lowry landed on him and he was, like, pushing him off of him. Yeah. Okay, fine. I get that, you know. It would have came off a lot differently. But he, like, he didn't touch you. He didn't, like, knock anything. And he was playing basketball. It wasn't like he was just being, like, a jerk or anything. Right. Like, what, what are you pushing him for? Like, there was, you know, I get the competitiveness and, you know, you're a Warriors fan or you're invested in the Warriors and, you know, you, you want them to win. But, like, he, he didn't do anything wrong. Lowry's well, not a dirty player. He just made a hustle like, play. Yeah, if that was, like, Rajon Rondo, man, yeah, yeah, I might push him. You know, because I hate <laughs> Rajon Rondo. But it's like, he's not a dirty player. Don't do that. You know, if that was Lance Stevenson, by all means, do it.
1: Right. And it's not, uh, like you said, it's not like he was purposefully just diving into the crowd and there was no ball there, no play there. It's yeah. not like he was trying to, like, knock you over, hit your beer over, whatever. And the fact that he just sat there and, like, shoved him and then even, like, had the nerve to talk back about it as if, like, he, like it was deserved was just, that was so dumb. Um, But, yeah, I, I didn't realize it was a co-owner or anything either. I thought it was just, like, you know, you're uh, the just a regular warriors fan or something comes out that it's a co-owner it's like that makes it look even worse that you know he he does something that stupid yeah exactly yeah i mean either way it's another win for the raptors in that in that sense Mm -hmm. um but i I gotta say i loved i love the job that nick nurse is doing Um, definitely did not expect Nick nurse to, you know, really be the kind of counter punching coach that he has been so far in this postseason. because he has, has, he has had his tests so far this postseason. Um, like all of the counteracts that he's had against, uh, Philly to come back and win that game seven, uh, you know, getting crushed by Milwaukee in the first two games and being able to kind of tweak the game plan here and there to win the next four against Milwaukee. Um, I mean, I definitely got to give it up to Nick Nurse. He has done a great job, and he's coached his ass off this postseason.
0: Yeah, Nick Nurse. And a lot of people knocked the hire when, you know, nothing against Nick Nurse, but it was like, well, you know, you just fired the coach of the year. Right. (laughs) And, you know, he's – he's silenced people. He's been, uh, he's been a great coach. He's led, you know, and a lot of credit goes to Kawhi Leonard, but Nick nurse has, has showed himself well in his first go around as a, you know, as an NBA coach.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely someone to look, uh, look for, especially, um, w- whether he wins or loses this finals this year. Uh, I think he's definitely a coach to look for, uh, as the seasons go on. So, Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still sticking with my prediction, Raptors in seven. Uh, what do you think? You you still holding on to yours or you having some second thoughts?
0: I am switching my prediction. Oh, I'm going with Raptors. Closing it out in five, five, a gentleman. Wait, 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 wait. Is it two three two or two three one 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 or two two one one one? I think it's two two one one one. Two two. One. So six would be an oracle. Yes. Okay. I have the Raptors winning in five, in Toronto. Drake gets up on the stage, picks up the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and announces that he's uh, coming up with a new song after back to back to salute the Blue Jays. He's going to come up with a Toronto Raptors song.
1: Oh, wow. Bold prediction. Okay, a gentleman's sweep by Toronto. Yeah. That's my... Ooh. uh,
0: I just don't think... I don't think... uh, What's his face? Durant's coming back. I think the next time you see Durant playing a basketball court, it'll be in the state of New York.
1: Oh, even another hot take. Okay. I just don't know which New York team. Right. Of course, of course. Uh, Definitely still got to hold on to the hope that it could be Brooklyn, obviously. But as a segue to
0: Mm -hmm. move on from the finals and the big news of the day, (laughs) the Brooklyn Nets traded Alan Crabb and his $18 million salary.
1: Hallelujah.
0: We were hoping for a 20 point a game season for him to opt out. Instead, we got even better. We got Torian Prince back. That's big. Yes, I am a huge Torian Prince fan, and not just because of the comment he made after the Yale game a few years ago. (laughs) Do you remember that? I do not. So a reporter goes, how does Baylor get out-rebounded by Yale? And and this was his verb. I'm going to try to give you his verbatim response. He goes, you see, the ball gets shot, goes up in the air, hits the rim. When they miss it, and you grab the ball with two hands and bring it down, that's a rebound. And Yale <laughs> had more more of those
1: than we did. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> no, I
0: like him. He's a – you know what he is? What? He's a young Damari Carroll.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, built for Brooklyn or something.
0: No, but, like, you know, the, the Nets just, you know, they go from – uh yeah. Reggie Evans to Quincy Acey, then they go from Kenneth Fareed to Damari Carroll to uh uh, uh Torian Prince. and Prince. There's like six nine guys with dreads, or six seven whatever it is. <laughs> or no, no, no yeah, it's dreadlocks, right? Yeah. Not corners, okay. Um Yeah. I mean he looks like the Damari Carroll. Okay.
1: Um. True. He, I mean, he definitely does look similar.
0: But he, but here's the thing: it's not a pure salary dump. Like he could start for the for the Nets.
1: Oh, definitely. I I really like Prince. I think he's or, a very very good rotational player for any team.
0: Or he could be flipped.
1: That's also trade true for
0: Anthony Davis.
1: Well, they they also got a pick back, didn't they?
0: They got a second round pick back.
1: Oh, okay. But they traded their 2020 first round and crab for prince
0: and their twi- and they're no yeah and their first round pick this year
1: oh this year too okay so
0: 17 next year's first and crab for prince and like a 2021 20, second okay which i thought that was a great deal i mean i didn't want to give up two first round picks but you look at it this way
1: don't they have like two or three first round picks next year or is that this year it was this year okay but you look at, it, look at it this way
0: Torian Prince is as good, if not better, than whoever you were going to get at 17. I guess if, like, bull bull fell, the, the upside there is worth it. Right. But otherwise, like, you're looking at a, a player that's going to be worse than what Torian Prince is.
1: True. So you upgraded they... most.
0: Well, most likely, yeah. Yeah. So you gave up a first-round pick and Alan Crab for a second-round pick and $15 million in salary cap.
1: I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. And that officially... Um, c- clears up two max slots.
0: So that's what I'm confused about. Cause I don't really understand this the salary cap like situation. Like, weren't were the Nets in a position where they could have signed Kyrie and D, and brought back D'Lo anyway? I guess this what this does is they could bring in two max free agents, not one and D'Lo. But like, like you know what I'm saying? Me, yeah, like, D'Lo would have been. I guess it would have been one and D'Lo. Now it's two and no D'Lo. But the the option of two and no D'Lo wasn't available before. That's the only thing I can think
1: of. I thought uh, I thought this allows for two and low
0: No, I think for two and low they would have to trade um, Dinwiddie. Ah, uh, okay. And, and who else is making? DeMarcow is off the Lavert. books. No, Levert's on a rookie deal. Uh, it would have to be. I think to get to Endylo, you would have to basically trade Dinwiddie, which rumors are they're they're looking to get pick six for DeLo. I mean for for Dinwiddie, which I, hey, if that turns into DeAndre Hunter or Jarrett Culver, I'm all for it. I love okay. Dinwiddie, but I'll take
1: those two guys. What about Cam uh, Reddish? I hate Cam Reddish. He's like <laughs> Joe Johnson. <laughs> that is. That's seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson to you. Yeah, but it's like the old Cameron is like <laughs> the eighteen-year-old
0: version of Joe Johnson at like thirty-four. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think the only way you could bring in two ND, oh, is if basically like instead of Kyrie taking thirty-five million and what's his face taking like, you know, another it was Kevin Durant or something. One taking like another thirty something million, it turns into like they each take like a five million dollar pay cut or something crazy. Like, like it's doable, but you would need pay cuts, and I I don't mean like ten million dollars a year pay cuts, but like you know maybe three to five million a year pay cuts. Which would you complain if you got thirty million instead of thirty three million a year?
1: Uh, not at all. Okay, I didn't think (laughs) so. I wouldn't even complain with one million. So. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but let me tell you this: I think the Brooklyn Nets will surpass the Philadelphia 76ers next year.
1: Okay, in terms of talent on paper, in terms of record at the end of the season, in terms of finish at the end of the season, what are we talking? Uh, all of the above. All of the above. All right. I mean, you think you're you're keeping Tobias
0: Harris and and uh, Jimmy Butler?
1: No, I think we, I think the Sixers are only keeping one or one or the other. I don't think All it's going to All right, so be both. your
0: big 3 of Tobias Harris, let's say that he Paris. Harris, Simmons and Embiid or Kyrie, D'Lo, and Levert? I I know who I'm going with. <laughs>
1: I thought you were going to say Kyrie, KD and Lavert. Actually, it's really <laughs>
0: It's really D-Lo, Rodion's, Karuks, and, and Kyrie.
1: No Joe Harris? Oh, don't disrespect Joe Harris like that.
0: <laughs> Joe, Harris, Joe, yeah, Joe Harris is better than J.J. Reddick. I mean, come on, if we're talking apples to apples here. Our <laughs> 3 and D, you know, uh, ACC undersized guy is better than your 3 and D guy. Uh, Actually, it's really just a
1: 3 guy. There's no D on either of their skill sets. But you don't have a Mike Scott. Mike yeah, Scott we don't have an over tattooed stretch four, uh, who plays along with the office references.
0: Who wipes his nose and like ears every time he hits a three pointer? Have you ever seen his like? Have you ever seen his like celebration when he hits a three?
1: Yeah, it's like my, the
0: weirdest thing. He like wipes himself off. It's like weird.
1: My favorite is his handshake with Jimmy Butler though, where they like tap hands, but they have the middle finger sticked up at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There, there's a lot of things that those guys do that I, I don't know why or for, like, I, I have no clue, but it's hilarious. However, my prediction for the Sixers, and the reason why I don't think you're going to be over the Sixers, is that it's going to be Ben, Clay, Butler, and B. Ben, Clay, what? Oh, time out, of time You just say Clay. I just say Clay.
0: Where are you getting the money? Hold on. Embiid's already to sign a max contract. Butler's gonna sign a max contract. Embiid's gonna. I mean, uh, Clay's gonna want a max contract. Well, where are you getting this kind of money? Are you guys paying
1: them in cheesesteaks? We're gonna make it work. If we go to Butler and we're like, look. We want to get you that championship team that you want and that you you need to compete with. But we just need you to take a little bit of a pay cut to get Clay on here, a guy who's a two-way player who will play defense and who doesn't need the ball all the time. He's going to sign. And Ben isn't up for his re-signing until next year, I think it is. Either next year or the year after.
0: Uh, you're i think I, I don't agree i disagree <laughs> maybe if you got like like um i don't know like is there another guy another shooting guard that sucks uh
1: <laughs> i hope not uh if maybe Eddie... you get like
0: maybe you'll get like the morris
1: twins oh god honestly that would be pretty fun since they're from philly are they really yeah no didn't they go to school in jersey
0: yeah, like, but they're but they fr- they're
1: from Philly, though. Okay, I, 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 I didn't know the uh, inner the, workings
0: of the Morris Twins. The,
1: the fun fact, the gym that I play volleyball at during the winter is the one that they run all of their camps and workouts at growing up and still to this day. So their pictures are hanging on the wall at the gym, uh, like signed and everything, and they have signed jerseys of them hanging up there in King of Prussia.
0: Ah, uh, the good old King of Prussia. Yep. I, know, I know a guy who lives over in that area, and every time I give him a call, he goes, I'm driving up to King of Prussia every single time.
1: <laughs> Never fails. It's pretty much what everyone says around here. Oh, I'm driving to King of Prussia. Yeah. It's <laughs> unbelievable. But anyway. But, but yeah, um,
0: so just it, to recap, Nets 65 wins next year. 65? No, I'm, I'm kidding. Maybe like 54 <laughs> I mean, a, I, the my favorite, my favorite comment up. that I've seen in the last twenty-four hours, in the last like six hours, or whatever. Somebody goes, "How are the Nets in the in a, in a position to get Kyrie and and possibly KD? When two years ago our best, our second best player was Sean Kilpatrick. <laughs> we were hyping up Sean Kilpatrick and Isaiah Whitehead, and now we have a chance to sign two All Stars."
1: Don't disrespect Kilpatrick now. He was my boy. He was a bucket getter, I'll give him that. He was my boy. And uh whatever happened to Isaiah Whitehead, is he st- is he still in the G League? I don't know. He, he was
0: a he was a uh scoring or a judge for a dunk contest with Scoop B the
1: other day. Really? Isaiah
0: Whitehead? It, Isaiah Whitehead and Scotty Machado from
1: Iona. Oh, I did see uh that Scoop interviewed Machado. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what it was from. I didn't realize they were doing a, a yeah. dunk contest. I,
0: I, Isaiah Pimple was there, too.
1: Isaiah Pimple? Oh, Whitehead. Oh, there God. You go. That's what we call him. <laughs> oh,
0: God. The Seton Hall fired himself. And, and Rutgers plays Pitt next year, even though we just lost our best player to a transfer some for some stupid reason.
1: Where did he transfer to?
0: And he's visiting Texas A&M and then Oregon.
1: Uh, I mean, those are two pretty decent schools
0: yeah but he shouldn't have
1: left but we're still we'll still be, we'll still beat pit
0: <laughs> might, i might have to take a trip to the zoo
1: ah man the zoo the zoo's crazy i'm telling when you. you guys are winning even when we're losing didn't you guys not win a conference game this year no that was two years ago oh okay that was before we hired jeff capel Do you still have um that was the whole reason we hired him <laughs> you don't even know
0: your your coach's name what do you mean, Jeff Capel? Whatever. Not Jeff Capel. Whatever. Do you still have Carl Krauser?
1: Carl Krauser? No, I don't think so. Oh, you
0: don't even know. You, you don't even know who Carl Krauser is.
1: You're a Chris Taft. Nope. Or Gary McGeehee? God, no. He, he his whole life crumbled after Sam Kemba, Young. After Kemba stepped back and ended his life.
0: Sam Young, Stephen Steven Adams.
1: Sam Young was a beast. LeVance Fields. Stephen Adams I lived with. LeVance Fields. LeVance Fields was also a beast.
0: Uh, who else can I remember?
1: Brandon Knight. You're missing uh, probably the biggest player to ever come through there. J.J. Patterson. No.
0: DeJuan Blair.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, they had some guards. They used
0: to have some good guards. Oh, Brad Wanamaker. Yep. Fuck that guy. <laughs>
1: oh they got some guards Brad Wanamaker fuck that guy
0: (laughs) all I remember is Rutgers beating him by 15 points and Brad Wanamaker just sitting in the corner hitting 3 after 3 after 3 to bring him back of course that's what he did god damn I hate him (laughs) go look up Carl Krauser that dude was a money that dude was like in 2004 that guy was insane
1: yeah, I mean the only pit players to really even like hang in the NBA for really all that long have been like DeWan Blair and Stephen Adams.
0: I didn't, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't think Sam Young. I think he was on the Blaze. Uh, not the Blazers. The
1: uh, uh, he what? bounced around to a few teams. Grizzlies for a little bit. Yeah, the Grizzlies is where he stuck with the most, but that was only like two seasons.
0: Yeah. Well, pit. At least you guys, uh, we we have Hominy Injai and uh, Quincy Dooby. That's our claim to fame.
1: <laughs> you guys have a ton of, I mean, uh, you guys have a ton of. Um, well, no, never mind. I was gonna say you have a ton of women's players, but you only have a few too.
0: Yeah, but I don't really watch uh, WNBA basketball.
1: So yeah,
0: once they, once they get to the WNBA, I kind of give up.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. Um. Well, yeah, so big things on the horizon for Brooklyn. I will admit it. Uh, I think that, honestly, either way, I'm going to be entertained this summer because one of the two New York teams are going to be depressed. I hope it's the Knicks because I love watching the Knicks just, like, fall into more and more turmoil. Um, I, I think that's, like, one of my favorite pastimes. So what, watching the Knicks suffer? Oh, yeah.
0: And then Stephen A. Smith crying on national television?
1: <laughs> watching the Knicks and Lakers suffer, well, and the Celtics. I'll put them in there too, obviously. Those three teams, anytime they suffer, it's a good day.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. At least, at least the Knicks.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, either way, one of them are going to lose, and it's going to be funny. Um, and honestly, I do hope that Kawhi stays in Toronto. I would much rather him stay in Toronto than go to the West. I wouldn't mind him going to the Clippers. I mean, it would be cool just because the Clippers would finally be like, like, realistically relevant when they had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin in them they were relevant they were Lob City and all that but honestly deep down in my like in my head and everything I never thought of them as a realistic championship contender Mm -hmm. so Kawhi going there to me I think makes them a realistic championship contender I'm sorry which to the Clippers yes
0: what kind of picks do they have this year so they were in the playoffs, so. Uh,
1: it's like a mid, like I don't know, sixteen. I just, yeah,
0: seventeen. Uh-huh. I don't know with the Clippers. They need another guard. I, I mean, I guess they have Shaw, Gilgis, Alexander, and they would have Kawhi. They would have Montrezl. Who's their center?
1: They have your boy Landry too. Oh, all right. you know, you know,
0: and Lights, Lou Williams light, off the light. bench. Light skinned Jordan ain't you know he's, he's he's working on it. Um,
1: um, they have Winston, uh, Kansas
0: Jordan. Uh, uh they're, they're they they got the one on guy rest.
1: from the Lakers I thought, uh, Zubac,
0: DJ Mbenga?
1: They... Benga. <laughs> oh God, that's a throwback. Um, <laughs> I, I that was just the name of Adam Morrison. We so going with the
0: uh, the uh, ring the ring chasers. Well, they got your boy Wilson Chandler, they got Danilo, they got Shygo. Jermichael Green's a guy that if the Nick, if the Nets need to fill out the roster with like lesser guys, I would love Jamichael Green. They got Jonathan Motley, who I like, Landry Shamet, uh, Will, Will, Willville. Zubac. Yeah. Like they have good. Like here's the thing. Like the Net, the Clip, they're calling the Clippers and the Nets like, the Clippers are like the Nets of the East. Of the West. Out of the West. Yeah. The Nets are so much more talented than the Clippers. I wouldn't say
1: so much.
0: Who's their best player? Lou Williams. Lou Williams is better than... uh, D'Angelo Russell is two times as as good
1: as Lou Williams. I would put D'Angelo Russell above Lou, yes. I wouldn't say he's two times better, but I would definitely... I'd put Russell and Levert better than Lou Williams. I wouldn't put Levert above Lou Williams because of his injury issues. I would still put Lou second best overall right. between those two teams.
0: But I go, I go, I go. Russell, fine. I go Russell, Lou, LeVert, mm-hmm. Dinwiddie, Harrell. So I think we have three of the five, and then I would go Jared Allen, and then I'd go. Then I, all right, then you're like splitting
1: hairs, like
0: who's better, Garrett Temple or Zanon Musa?
1: Garrett Temple. I was kidding. Zanon Musa (laughs) played like four games. But But you know what? I always like Eastern
0: European players and they have Eva Kazubak, so I got to give them credit. Yeah. see
1: that. You you always
0: have to have one of those like Croatian, (laughs) Bosnian, uh, Serbian players on your team. Yeah, of course. And And the Nets only have, they do have Zanon Musa, but he hasn't really made a mark yet. So it is 1-1. But well, we have, do have we do have, have, have a Latvian, if that counts. Yeah. I did Kuruks. drive by. I was driving by the uh the like New Jersey like Latvian society place somewhere in New Jersey. <laughs> I was I was going to see if Karuks and his family were hanging out there, but they weren't.
1: <laughs> oh god.
0: <laughs> but anyway, no, it's an exciting exciting time for Nets fans. Yes. Uh only three weeks left until free agency. And that should be an and interesting only, time.
1: Only a couple weeks until draft, too. Yes. I will either be on a
0: incredible high or a very, very
1: deep low, depending on how this goes. I know. That's my favorite thing about this free agency coming up, is that there is the potential to be a huge landscape change. Or... It could be relatively the same, and really not much went on.
0: Now, what do you think about the fact that Kyrie Irving went to the club with Theo Pinson, Allen Robinson, not Allen Robinson, Allen Williams, uh, Jared Dudley, and Karestler Hurt? How do you feel about that?
1: I feel like Kyrie is depressed because all of his friends are in the finals. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but I mean if you're if you're Kyrie Irving, the crew that you're going out with is uh Jared Dudley, Theo Pinson, and like Theo Pinson's a North Carolina guy, he's not even a Duke guy.
1: Yeah. Well is is Pinson from Jersey? No. Oh. Well then never mind. <laughs> and he's not from Australia either. Where did where's Dudley where did Dudley go to college? Boston College. Oh. Yeah, he's nowhere Who the close to that. I mean, Alan Williams is like our D-League guy. Alan Williams? Yeah. Wasn't Alan Williams in like his 30s now?
0: Alan Williams is 26. He's from Arizona. Oh. He, no, he has no connection to Kyrie Irving, but he went to the club with him.
1: I mean, the one uh, there was a, uh, another story real quick before we f- wrap up here. There was one time I went to the club with my friend in Philly it was while the Sixers still had Okafor and Nerlens Noel. It was Okafor's birthday. He was only—you told me the story. I remember this. Yes, he was twenty, and they all went to the club, and none of them were of age. <laughs> Yet they were all in there, and Okafor's dad was more intimidating than Okafor himself. But it was like Okafor Nerlens. Um, and, uh, Ben Simmons showed up and Ben Simmons took a shot with my friends and I, when he was like 18 years old (laughs) (laughs) for the ran that was the most random time of my life. And then I saw LaShawn McCoy in the same club.
0: Did he kick a girl out of the club?
1: Wouldn't be surprised. LaShawn McCoy is much shorter than I thought he really was, though. What do you think he was? Six four? No, I thought he was like six foot. Alright. But he well, was like my height.
0: <laughs> what was the other thing I was gonna tell you? Uh, I did try to get Chris Carino on the podcast, but my, my dentist wouldn't budge. <laughs> Maybe next time.
1: We'll make him crack at some point. Yeah. But alright. That is it for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files. Make sure you check out BasketballSocietyOnline.com. We have a lot of draft articles, scouting reports, everything coming up. So if you're gearing up for the draft, if you happen to be a Knicks fan, I know you're looking for a lot of offseason stuff. So make sure you go over to Basketball Society Online. Also, check out all the other podcasts on the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Plenty of podcasts for any sport you would enjoy. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.